Why haven't you had me on a piecing it together lately? I've been wanting to have you on for a while. You won't even give me like options. You won't even give me like, oh, how this movie's coming up. It's not true. What movies not are coming up? True. There's a lot of movies coming up. Um, house, on, actually... house on Piss Hill. <laughs> is that a movie? Uh, th- that, that is a movie. Uh, we're, we're actually just planning out our next, um, you know, Jason's been doing these trailer shows with me at the beginning of every month. We're just planning out the next one of that. Uh Jiu-Jitsu with Nick Cage. Nah. That looks great. <laughs> nah. And Mandy too. I'll do I'll do any sequel to Mandy, but nah, yeah. nah, I don't Jiu-Jitsu. There's this What's that uh that one movie Hillbilly Elegy that people are making fun of. They're saying oh, it's well, like the most pop- Oscar yeah. uh, the most Oscar baity movie like ever. Yeah. I, I Ron it's Howard. sad that they decided to go in that direction with it, to go Ron Howard with it. They could have gone that's a bullshit book. That book is bullshit. And um, yeah. that book is made specifically for the people who see that there's like a new New, new York Times article that came out um, f- like from a truck stop diner. And they're like, ooh, mm-hmm. let's see what the truck stop <laughs> diner people. There's this fascination that, by the way, I'm Q. I'm Jewish Dave. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. And I, 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 you know, we're one week out from the election, nine days from it. And I, if if anything happened and if anything were to change on November 3rd or after November 3rd, uh, I would hope that this entire sort of subgenre of content that came out around like, um, it's not even really valorizing. It's more just like, like anthropo- anthropologizing or whatever, just like getting into these you know parachuting into these um middle america cities and like you know western pennsylvania diners and well the francis mcdormand one is supposed to be amazing i forget what it's called oh Um, they're doing francis mcdormand one like well i mean that already she stars it's called fargo it was great (laughs) well yeah whatever whatever it is uh nomadland i think it's called yeah it's supposed to be like one of the best movies of the year it's like already like winning all these awards at film festivals and uh they say it's gonna be a big oscar contender so we'll probably never see it because that's the way things are now is that you don't even get to see these movies anymore well that's a whole nother conversation hopefully i'll be able to see these movies though i'm starting to get on a list or two here and there yeah you're like a credentialed um real movie reviewer now at least somebody's getting something that they wanted out of this whole deal (laughs) getting there getting there um (laughs) yeah so like i say we're like nine days out from the uh presidential election we do we have any plugs up front that we should do we don't. We haven't been doing a just them boys episode in a while, so I know it has been a little bit. Um, I don't think so though. Um, can't think of. Can't think of anything. Good. Glad to know yeah. that you are fully let's, sated on your. Let's just uh, move move into the to the meat the meat of the get discussion. Get this over with. <laughs> get this shit the fuck. Three minutes twenty seven seconds and counting, baby. Let's fucking get through this. This fucking thing. What um? What did I say we were going to talk about today? Like I said that we were going to talk about. Obviously, we're uh, a politics podcast ostensibly, so uh-huh. we should probably talk about the fact that like there's only um nine more days until the Is election. That it? Nine? Yeah, nine days. Holy you gotta, shit! You, you've got to you've got to come down on one side or the other, Dave, and you have to actually say like what's going to happen. So yeah, gotta... I I've almost made up my mind. I'm getting there. Um. But uh, have you voted yet? Uh, no, I'm waiting until day of. I'm going to vote on oh, okay. day of. Yeah. Now, is that because you think that things are going to get fucked up if you do it ahead of time? Uh, Biden still has the opportunity to lose my vote. Oh, okay. So he it's could that. still do it. He could do something. Like, I don't uh-huh. want to take away his agency as a free-thinking and free-acting individual and, 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 and a, um, a candidate uh, of his own agency. And his ability to, you know, take my take take away votes from himself over the next few mm-hmm. days. Maybe I always said, and I think it's a little bit too late for this, but speaking or thinking on behalf of Trump, I always thought like if 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 I was Trump, it would be just so easy to get reelected because you could just do like like just just do like three things from the left. Do like student loan forgiveness, 
like full student loan forgiveness. Right. Just be like, ah, oh, well. Like, make it his idea. Every single one of those things make it his right. idea. And then just make it be like, um, you know, give a million dollars to every troop or something like that. And, <laughs> and, and be like, I don't know, just and, and do Medicare for all. Fuck it. Who cares? Like who, if, mm-hmm. if Donald Trump decided to do, to push Medicare for all as a Republican president with 98% approval rating and approvals that are completely detached from him doing or not doing any policies. They have nothing to do with whatever policies he does. Right. You know, right. If he just did those things, I mean, think about how he would just cruise. He would cruise to victory. He would kill it. Oh, and yeah. nobody yeah. would hold him accountable. Like for in, in the way that you think of like, oh well, you know, a president uh a president George Bush or a president Mitt Romney would be held accountable by their their donor class, they're like the billionaires and the mm-hmm. oligarchs and the the industries that kind of run them, right? I mean, shit, you could say that same thing about Obama, but I mean, a, Donald Trump is going to end up. I think is a good chance because I'm not predicting, but there's a good chance he's going to end up losing this election without ever rolling out his superpower, and his superpower is that he's invincible and he could do anything. Mm-hmm. Imagine the possibilities. Well, I feel like he's been using that the whole time, but maybe now is the time to really. He's push been using it, it in the way bit. that, like, somebody who rubs a genie lamp and gets three wishes wishes for like ten million dollars, and then wishes for like another ten million dollars, and then wishes like one more mm-hmm. time for ten million dollars. And it's like you're thinking so small. You could do so much with this power. <laughs> You've got the kind of power, like, I mean, it's like it's the it's the most petty way. Of being a god. He's a petty god. Right. Like he could do mm-hmm. he, he Jim Jones has tried so hard. David Koresh tried so hard to get to the level where Donald Trump is at. And I feel like both of them had bigger plans. Like if we would have elected either of them as, you know, heads of the Republican Party and presidents of the United States, they would have had way bigger. Um, goals in mind and his was to do what like like cheat a a children's cancer charity like what were his big what was his big like (laughs) it would be like if oceans 11 was all about just i don't know ripping off a check cashing store or something it's like yeah we we made off with fifty thousand dollars and it's just like why what's that's all you did it for so petty so small such small thinking yeah it it's funny that that's that's his go to is to go to things like that and but yet he's got the whole party like wrapped around his finger but they just have to go along with whatever it is that his thing of the right. moment is right because they figure it, some of them you know like you can count them on like two hands basically but some of them realized at some point that ah well this isn't gonna happen for us like you know we they, they, right. like whatever your pet project is. Like, um, for instance, here in Florida, the pet project of um, our senator, our senators, uh, which are who are both Republicans, Marco Rubio and Rick Scott. Uh, Rick Scott, obviously, at the time that Trump was elected, he was still governor of Florida and two years later became um, became a, a senator. Theirs is like this sort of broad, like their pet projects are sort of this broad anti-China anti-communism anti-socialism um cold war like they want to go into they mm-hmm. they they're i think it seems like their big political project is like increasing u.s you know like like furthering u.s hegemony and u.s em- empire and trying to specifically fight china and um you know fine that's just like a that's like a standard out of the box republican position sure right and they're and I'm sure that they saw Donald Trump as like either they saw Donald Trump as a great foil for that, like oh well, we can kind of like um, we can ride the coattails of whatever uh, flavor of um, nationalism he's selling, and it'll fit right in with our our plan to mm-hmm. you know decrease trade with China and try to hurt China economically, and you know try to. Um, try to attack Iran and try to attack Venezuela and try to go after our, you know, just a more muscular, as they call it, muscular uh, foreign policy. That's really what they were after, which is bad, you know, but Trump hasn't really bit on any of that because 
you can never really pin him in one way where he's just going to fall in the way that you want him to. To 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 be a president mm-hmm. that goes to war, it actually requires some political courage and the willingness to piss some people off unless you're George W. Bush and you have a a broad like 95% mandate after 9/11 because the country was attacked, mm-hmm. right? Usually it's like risky. And there's a big reward because then you get to be a war president and war presidents almost always get reelected and they get the benefit of like uh, the optics of standing next to the, you know, the, the, the caskets of the troops and respectfully and sorrowfully making big boy decisions and shit like that. And that, um, that, that sort of like uh, that visual, that, that, um, that honor uh, rubs off on them a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But it takes sort of like some spine up front. It's not easy to be uh, just like it's not easy to be an anti-war president because we've never really had any. Um, but right. Trump has just been sort of like a silent, quiet escalation of, you know, continuing drone tr- drone attacks and poorly conceived, badly executed military strikes. And, um, you know, he's just been like kind of meekly bad at it and uh mm-hmm. so from the perspective of a couple guys like scott and rubio like they didn't really get what they wanted out of this four years like right. that's what they were hoping for they were hoping for their little cottage industry of of war escalation and conflict ex- escalation to like you know to, to get to get amped up right and they didn't get that you look at um i don't know the fiscal conservative guys the ones who were like Oh well, we want tax cuts, tax cuts, austerity. We want, you know, um, we want to gut Social Security. We want to gut Medicaid. Uh, they got a big two trillion dollar tax cut, sure, for all their their um, constituents who are just the really rich people. But like broadly, it came in a way that made it pretty much impossible for it ever to happen again. It was it was like mm-hmm. it was like. What's better, robbery or embezzlement? With embezzlement, you can just kind of keep stealing and stealing and stealing forever. But with robbery, you make a big mess. There's a chance you get caught and you can never do it again because you can't go back and rob Mm -hmm. the same place. Trump, with his tax cut, robbed the coffers. He robbed America, Mm -hmm. right? These guys probably would have preferred if he built a more carefully considered... Uh, construct that allowed them to embezzle for a long time over many many years and more modest amounts Um, because maybe they looked forward to the future and and realized that it wasn't there wasn't going to be another opportunity to to you know do it the quote-unquote right way you know to do do it that better way yeah one last job just like just like (laughs) um No, there might be something to that. Somebody, uh, there, there are people who have called the Trump tax plan the first actual climate legislation, and uh, in a very cynical way, what they mean is that um, that that was the big cash grab before the climate falls to shit and things start to have to happen, like where it's like, okay, we can't right. just continue to you know um, further this economic inequality. There has to be resources. Uh, put towards girding ourselves for this, um, for for what's about to happen in the planet, uh, and you know the smart money is always the money that knows that 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 is is the people who know that that's coming first, right? They know before anyone else, and sure. you would assume that buying you know castles and fucking floating fortresses <laughs> and shit like that would be, uh, you know the 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 realm of of the wealthy or like the decisions of the wealthy in a time like this. And that's probably what you're going to see. Like right now is a great time to be in the bunker business. Probably it's a great time to be in the, um, you know, the luxury fallout uh, industry. All those Trump people are going to defend the shit out of that. When they do start buying flying fortresses, they're just, they're going to think it's great. <laughs> like it's funny because <laughs> the prep, the prepper world, which I think is a pretty hardcore Trump world, right? Like people who are preppers sure, have to I would be think mostly, so. mostly MAGA people. I won't even say that they're Republicans. They're just they're MAGA. They're like you know, and we right, talked about that right. before. It, it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that before. That like 
there's huge overlap between Republican and MAGA, but they're not the same thing. And um, sure, I just wonder, like, do they think, like, does a guy like John Goodman from Cloverfield think that, like, he's a flying fortresses guy? That he, you know, is a millionaire that has all this stuff? Like, does he think, does he consider himself one of the people that would be put on the, um, the intergalactic life raft or, or not. I tend to think that they do. Yeah. I tend to think that's exactly what they think. And that's, I mean, that's my pessimism about human beings though. So. But how, how can you think that? Like there can only be a couple thousand of those people. What makes you think that you'll be (laughs) one of them? It's insane. Literally everything in your life is indicating contrary to that. It's saying like, no, just look at the, look at the stacks of cat food in your in your living room. First of all, get your life together. Why are there stacks of cat food in your living room? Like anybody <laughs> who has know. stacks of cat food in their <laughs> living room, you're not going to be one of the thousand people that they call, that they let onto the intergalactic uh, lifeboat. If you have, we're we're going to have a third cat soon, so we might need stacks. If you have, so we'll see. An, <laughs> if you have an ironing board that's just out in the hallway all the time. <laughs> Like you're not one of the people that's gonna be that's gonna be welcomed with open arms. If there's things in your front yard that aren't part of the landscaping, you're not gonna be inv- invited onto that thing. Uh, onto that. This is turning into a Je- this is turning into a Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of all these disqualifying elements of like life where you should just look around and know. Like if you have, how about this? If you have a bed anywhere in your house that's in a corner, that's shoved up into a corner, you're not gonna. If you have a refrigerator outside of your kitchen. If your refrigerator doesn't, yeah. If you have a refrigerator, number one, really good one, Dave. Really good, good one. If you have a refrigerator, if you have a refrigerator that's not in a kitchen, or a refrigerator that doesn't fit properly in the dimensions that it's supposed to, that of the space that it was built for. Yeah. If you have, how about this? If you have a television that is too big for the room that it's in, as in like if it takes or, if it or takes or up more than worse, or even worse. if it takes up more than twenty percent of the wall space, or even worse if if you've got the uh, like the alcove above the fireplace, but the TV can't fit in it, so it's just empty and the TV is just sitting next. <laughs> the to The TV's the just like sitting next to it with a with a box, an unopened box of um uh what do you, what do you call that? A wall mount, an unopened wall mount, just sitting collecting <laughs> dust next to it because the eighty bucks to get the genius guy over to install it is is a bridge yeah. too far. Is something you're it's not, not doing. You intend to one of these days, you will. Um, sure, but oh yeah, I'm sure that those you know 900 pounds of rice and beans that you bought from Rush Limbaugh's website to have you and your family last, you know, survive the great Obama apocalypse that's coming, I guess, any day now. Um, you know that that'll <laughs> that should that should save you. Uh, I don't know how we got off on this shit. Um, <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. Give- you, know what, you know what I will say? I I will say real quick is uh, it, your your whole Trump spiel there for for a minute. It, it did kind of uh, make me realize you seem to be a little bit more. Uh, in a place where you think that he's going to lose this, possibly, which I, I, I think in a way some people might say is uh, thinking positively a little bit. I think there's a lot of fool's gold out there. And it also, it's a lot of... um, it, It's a lot of... Uh, maybe it's not necessarily... Okay, what do I mean by fool's gold? I mean that when Texas, sl- like over the course of many weeks is much closer than it usually ever is in the aggregated polls, right? And then today mm. a poll comes out where Biden is ahead of Trump by two points a week and ahead, ahead uh, before Texas. I feel like that's fool's gold. Texas is an incredibly, mm-hmm. um, similar to Florida, it's an incredibly expensive media market. It contains, actually Texas is a huge state, so I shouldn't say that. It contains four or five very expensive 
media markets within it, right? So it's fool's gold. It's like um, you've never been addicted to gambling the way me and so many of our friends have been. But like the logic that you have in your brain where you're like, I just lost 200. The only thing I can do is bet 200 more to get that 200 back. It's that right. logic. It's it's the sunken cost fallacy, right? The fallacy of sunken costs mm-hmm. or whatever that is. And um, so there's that, right? I, I think that you're seeing a lot of those. I think that you're seeing that in Florida. The 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 numbers are like incredibly close, as they of course always will be. Um, you're seeing it in Arizona similarly. Uh, I think where else? Georgia is another one that's falling in there. North Carolina. These are all states that um, that Biden will probably lose. Like mm-hmm. you can point to the fact that more there are more Democrats in Florida. But we've talked about this ad nauseum at this point. Like, either the Democrats don't vote or uh, the fact of the matter is that Democrats aren't the ones who count the votes. And I know nobody, everybody who's like in polite political circles gets like their panties in a twist when you talk about that. But there's an enormous amount of anecdotal evidence out there that systematically and on the ground... Uh, you know, on the ground and like sort of from an administrator high, administrative higher level, Republicans who have run this this state, every element of the state for the entire century, um, do everything that they can to keep uh, to keep Democrats from winning, and they're really mm-hmm. fucking good at it. I was just looking today, actually, out of curiosity, out of like um, uh, at the the Florida Democrats, at the, the the party that the Florida Democrats are, and like what they control, what they don't control. And um, because we had a guest on earlier in the week that was, you know, Adam Christensen, who's running in District 3, uh, Congressional District 3, talking about how bad Florida is, uh, how bad the Florida Democratic Party is. And, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you know, there's more, there's like 180, 210, depending on the day, 210,000 more, pe- more people registered as Democrats and Republicans in the state. Somehow, somehow. And you can spin me whatever tales you want about the way that it happens. You can give me all kinds of fucking statistical breakdowns about what, you know, the way that independents break and voter turnout and all this shit. But somehow at the end of the day in a state where there's 200,000 more registered Democrats, we have 70% of our state Senate is filled up with – is, is filled with Republicans, is, is dominated by Republicans. Uh, the state legislature, the state House of Representatives, uh, has like 60%, is 60% Republicans. Both of our, um, our governor is Republican. Both of our senators are Republican. Uh, we voted for a Republican um, uh, president last time. We'll probably vote for a Republican president next Tuesday. Um, somehow we are always, uh, five out of six of our statewide offices are Republican. Uh, down here in Miami, our mayors always uh, like an eighty percent Democrat uh, county and and city uh, are somehow our mayors on the state on the um, county and on the on the municipal level always Republican, and um, like nobody really asks why. Uh, but right. just based on that, if you're telling me that it's going to be fifty fifty. I'll say tie goes to the runner and Republicans will win Florida every time. Because like I said, I've told you this before. I'll let you vote as many times as you want if you let me be the one to count the count the votes. And I'll win mm-hmm. every single time if you let me be the guy that counts the votes. Um, so I think there's lots of fool's gold out there. But still, still, even with all of that, you forget what a monumental achievement it was that Trump beat hillary in 2016 because he needed so many different things to go right in so many different ways yeah so i actually pulled up a little twitter thread i wanted to read to you this is from dave wasserman who's at uh at redistrict he's a um an editor for cook the cook political report which is a a great website Mm -hmm. just for statistics and um you know uh it's it's like hack not hack, but it's like it's like a DC journalism, you know, horse race type shit. Which fine. Sometimes you just want to know those numbers and things like that. I don't really like that kind of um, that kind of uh, reporting. I, I usually don't find it too intellectually nourishing, but um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's good for context. And he had a really and Dave Wasserman's really good. Uh, he had a um, 
a really interesting thread. So he says, here's how, uh, here's how the rest of the year, at the rate that 2020 is going, here's how the rest of the year is probably going to play out. And he outlines this scenario. Number one, Trump, and this he did this way back on, a month ago on September 19th, the day after, um, the day after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. So Trump okay. nominates a conservative woman to the Supreme Court before the election, and McConnell holds a vote at some point before December, with Pence breaking a 50-50 tie to confirm. I don't think that they're going to need Pence to break the tiebreaker, to, to cast the tiebreaker. I think they've got the votes uh, in the Senate. Mm-hmm. That'll probably be like 52-48. Uh, but so far, that's coming true, right? They've got Amy Coney Barrett lined up. Sure. Uh, two, Biden comfortably wins the popular vote by 4 to 5 million, holds all 20 of Clinton's states, flips Nebraska to Michigan and Arizona, uh, where Mark Kelly would beat um, Martha McSally, uh, he also adds. But Trump narrowly carries Florida, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Texas, and Georgia. So at that point, the race hinges kind of similarly to the way that it did in 2000 on one state, except instead of Florida, it's Pennsylvania. And this is what he, mm-hmm. Dave Wasserman, who's very smart and knowledgeable about this shit, he actually knows a lot of the inner workings of all this. Pennsylvania's count takes weeks. And ultimately, Trump has certified the winner by 20,000 votes out of about 7 million. But about, about 40,000 of Pennsylvania's mail ballots are voided because vote-by-mail inexperienced voters forgot to enclose them in an inner, quote, secrecy envelope. 80% of those were intended for Biden. So you've got Trump winning by 20,000 votes, but 40,000 votes were disallowed because of a technical error for getting to sign the right. outside so-called naked ballots, you know, and those are largely for Biden. So the day before our uh, RBG died back in September, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court clearly ruled that these naked ballots could not be counted, even though most of them were counted in the June primary. Furious Democrats will file a challenge that winds up in the Supreme Court in mid-December. And by a five to four margin, what the fuck do you think will happen? Like, obviously, with that margin, with that partisan margin uh, in mind, and those three Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump, a president who didn't win, uh, who did not win the popular vote, along with... And, uh, uh, yeah, and along with Thomas and, and... Kennedy, all of them, probably more like six to three. Um, yeah, man, that'll be what happens. I think that that's probably the most likely. I think that if Joe Biden... Now, here's the thing. I've read about this. If uh, you cannot... Okay, in Pennsylvania, you can't even start counting mail-in ballots until the day after the election, mm-hmm. day, which is weird, right? Like you can't, you, You're not even allowed to open them and start counting them. And the reason for it's weird that there's rules altogether that all these kinds of strange like by state rules. It's such bullshit. Safe. It should be like a uniform system on your fucking phone, yeah, um, <laughs> or right. just like a piece of paper that you mail. Uh, but no, it's not. So they don't even start counting those until the day after. And the only reason they matter is like, let's say that a hundred thousand people vote by mail. If the margin of victory in Pennsylvania is. 300,000, like a pretty normal margin of victory. It doesn't matter because every one of those ballots could be for one candidate or the other and it won't swing it, right? But the Mm -hmm. scenario that Wasserman outlines here is one where end of the night comes, Pennsylvania is tight, and there's, you know, 40, 50,000 votes uh, separating the two. The next day, we don't, we, we go to sleep not knowing who the president is going to be, um, mm-hmm. which would, first of all, open up. I, I predict Donald Trump would just claim that he won. Oh, for sure. He would just say, 100%. well, looks like I'm president again. Um, But what happens at that point, I think, is interesting. And he doesn't really, Wasserman doesn't really touch on it because he doesn't get into this kind of shit. But people have bitched since 2000. Um. And later in the week, we, we plan to have a uh, friend of the show, Billy Corbin, back on. He's going to be talking about his new movie that's out on HBO right now, 537 Votes. We were, um, nice. we're, we're scheduling him um, sometime this week, but uh, he's going to be back on the show. So tune in for that. But that movie, obviously, is about the year 2000 in Florida, right? And since then, and even loud, more loudly in 2016, 
what is the big thing that liberals have been complaining about and Democrats have been complaining about? Popular vote, electoral college, what bullshit it is, right? right. So you're going to have a scenario where twice in the past 20 years, and this would make three times in the past 20 years, a Republican takes office losing, massively losing the the um, the, the popular vote. And in this case, also losing in the electoral college. And still hmm. getting taking by force the executive branch taking the presidency and all those nightmare scenarios that people laid out like four years ago people in the streets and shit like that it's hard to imagine that any of that actually happening in america like it's hard to think about people getting out of their ass getting up off their ass and or getting out of their ass i guess um <laughs> and and going and doing anything that I don't know, man. That might be a thing that actually wakes people up. That might be a thing that, that that people are angry enough to get up out of their fucking houses and do something about it. Well, especially after the year everybody's had. Coincide that with, I don't know, a scandal or like, I don't know, maybe it could be something arbitrary. Like the, the, the half millionth person dying of COVID. It could be right. another George Floyd video coming out. Coincide mm-hmm. that with one other thing, and it could be like lighting a match to Tinder and, and, and yeah. things exploding, which I hate to be like one of these accelerationist people, but like maybe that wouldn't be bad. Maybe it wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. Give us a lot to talk about here on the show. <laughs> what What do you think about a <laughs> scenario like that? How about if it all comes down to Nevada? That'd be fun. Oh, God. Well, I, I know that uh, Sisolak and Trump are at war lately, and... Uh, Everybody in the state absolutely hates him. I, I I don't know. This state feels more and more red all the time. I I don't know if that's true though. Really? By any kind of like numbers? All the, all the, it feels the numbers that, that are all the numbers that I'm reading are saying that like now Nevada's become this like reliably blue state. That's what they always say. Yeah, and I mean I hope so. I hope that's right. But I don't know. It just doesn't feel that way. But I, I guess we'll find out. I just in, think people like a little over a week. It feels like they're. I, I always like laugh at this bullshit, the enthusiasm gap bullshit, where they like mm-hmm. how enthusiastic. You know, there's there's metrics out there about this shit, like how how like excited you are to vote for your candidate. Mm-hmm. Because I'm always like, well, I'm very not excited about voting for Joe Biden, but does that give me extra votes if I was more excited? No, right. still just one <laughs> vote. Like me sure. and the fucking psychopath who are who's driving down um, Bird Road. In a, a four by four that's that he can't even see out of out of the fucking window because everything is plastered with Trump flags and he's mm-hmm. like you know clipping the sides of other cars because he can't even uh, <laughs> he can't even tell you know when somebody has their, their their signal on because the inside of the cab of his truck must be completely black. No mask, by the way. No mask. No, just definitely not. Squealing <laughs> and playing like. Playing Alvin and the Chipmunks inside there because it's <laughs> fucking insane. Um, me and that guy, we have the same vote. Like he can be mm-hmm. as psyched as he wants to be about voting for Donald Trump, but and you're not going to catch a fucking Biden flag on my lawn, but mm-hmm. by, uh, you know uh, any any kind of Biden Harris paraphernalia anywhere around me. But I mean, I'm going to go vote for the fucking guy mm-hmm. reluctantly, but I will. And I think that that's most people. I mean, even even in the case of the the most incredibly toxic primary losers on the Democratic side, um, who were Hillary Clinton's people in 2008, the Hillary Clinton dead enders that were supporting her even after she lost to Barack Obama, even still, like 85% of them still showed up and voted for Barack Obama. Right. Only like fifteen percent of them, the most like white racist asshole ones of them, um, <laughs> went over and voted for John McCain or didn't vote. Uh, so I kind of don't think that enthusiasm gap shit. I think, uh, first of all, I don't think it it's real, and second of all, I think it has the the propensity to like be a little mind bending because it'll fuck with people like you and make you see all those guys in their Trump trucks and be like, damn, he's doing really good. It's like, no man, that's like. A thousand assholes who who spent twenty grand right. on flags and shit and paraphernalia and merchandising, and uh, that's like that doesn't have. You, they're driving down a street, quietly filled 
with a bunch of people who intend to vote for Biden and Harris and haven't chosen to make it our life identity. That's about mm. that. Like that, like, you know, we've chosen not to like make it our brand of in, 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 in our existence, in our life. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, maybe that also, uh, you know, may, maybe people are, are just burned out from, you know, the caring so much. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, th- this is the thing that you do. You go and you vote in November and <laughs> I don't need to get into the whole charade of it all. The other thing I've, I, I was laughing at, there's a few things that I've been laughing at that I wanted to get your thoughts on, which one was like um, just this idea that, and I don't know, maybe you guys see some some there, particularly like with the people that, that Gina knows. You've seen some examples of this, but people who are like progressives who are fighting each other over whether to vote for Biden or not. And mm-hmm. I'm asking if you've seen it in Nevada because I see these arguments all the time on Twitter and without fail, the two, the, the three people that are the two people or three people or whatever that are arguing without fail live in places where their vote doesn't matter. And it makes no sense. <laughs> every it's always an argument between two people in L.A. or two people in Brooklyn or two people in D.C. about it. Mm-hmm. It's like like a person in New York, a, a person in New York arguing with a person in dc and it's like neither of your votes matter you you mm-hmm. go do whatever you want it's never somebody in like florida arguing with somebody in ohio over whether or not to no your vote has to count no i'm i'm not i, I held my nose and voted for hillary four years ago i'm not doing it again and it's like who gives a shit what you did you live in you live in fucking bensonhurst no one fucking cares no one cares who you vote for don't vote fuck you who cares you tell me you live in Little Havana, vote, please. Get the fuck out there and vote. You tell me you live in Summerlin, vote, please. We need you to vote. But, like, mm-hmm. who gives a shit if you live in Santa Monica? Fucking jump off a pier. Nobody will care. <laughs> Take a trip during election week. Go go on a vacation. You, your vote won't be missed. You'll be fine. Everybody will be fine without you. I feel like people. I, I'm not seeing it as much as I would have expected. The the arguing between you know progressives and uh, basically between progressives about whether or not to do it. I I yeah. feel like it's kind of non-existent. I think the idea is. I think you're in the same camp. It's just we got to get rid of Trump, and so you know, a lot whatever. of holdovers who still, and I say a lot, I mean, there's literally like 20 people that are like this, yeah. but one of them is um, is here in Miami and was arguing with a friend of the show, um, Jeff Campbell, about this online the other day. Uh, a lot of the, you know who's who the leftover people are that are like, no, don't, for, don't vote for Joe Biden, don't be a sellout, don't be a bitch, is all of um, Tulsi Gabbard's former supporters, mm. which makes sense to me because like, Tulsi Gabbard is this this paradox that I still haven't been able to figure out. She came and she went. She was like a comet that doesn't obey the laws of physics. She came <laughs> a a bunch of like even even progressive people who were like Bernie people that didn't actually support her were like kind of taken in by her or impressed by her or like you know liked her. Mm-hmm. And she had all these weird kind of inconsistencies in her politics. Like people pegged her as being anti-war, but she's not anti-war. Mm. She's kind of like very like low-key uh, only for the right wars. And the right wars are ones that like that, uh, you know, whatever. That's a whole other topic about like the weird inconsistencies and cryptic nature of exactly what Tulsi Gabbard really is. Um, mm. But there's a bunch of her 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 a lot of them are like sort of independent journalists or bloggers and video guys and shit like that and youtubers and shit like that who are um still like very very outspokenly way more outspokenly uh rallying against Joe Biden than they would for Donald Trump and uh, than they ever did for Do- against Donald Trump and these again are people who like hold themselves out to be ostensibly progressive but you've never heard them actually come out on any progressive issues they just take mm-hmm. a very militant anti-centrist democrat stance and then that's like the standard for their progressive bona fides right they're not actually out there advocating for like medicare for all or like you know i don't know uh fucking <laughs> um 
a green is, new is deal. Is it is it an anti-politician thing? Like anti like the main politicians? I don't think like so man. I mean like that is definitely a part of it, but there's something else going on. I think that I do think that there is a, a, a there's a cryptic nature to these people, this group. And I was trying, I, I had made a post about this on like Twitter or something, or maybe on Facebook, I don't remember. But I had asked like, what is the name for these? And I named off like three or four people. Tulsi Gabbard was one of them. This guy in Miami was another one. Um, this guy, Tim Canova, who is from West Palm Beach, who ran as a progressive against uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz a few years back, is another one. These guys who have like slowly drifted so I don't even want to say they, they they never drifted far to the left. They just drifted like to this point where their only issue is criticizing and attacking the Democratic Party, which absolutely deserves to be criticized and should sure. be criticized, but at the expense of everything. And <laughs> f- frankly, more often than not, finding themselves aligned with Donald Trump and not like accidentally aligned, but like literally standing next to some of his surrogates, physically standing next to the people that support him and, um, you know, carrying water for some of his worst positions, like, you know, anti-mask shit and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm wondering, like, first of all, were these people ever progressives? Were they ever actually on the left? Was it just like the fertile? I feel like starting in 2016, uh, or uh, I should say like January 2017, maybe, like with Chapo and with all these guys that 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 um kind of got new uh relevance, right? There was real fir- I mean like shit, that's kind of the show that we we do something different, but like that's kind of the show that we that we do. Um mm-hmm. it was like fertile ground to have conversations about this shit and to get attention and to be like, "Oh yeah, well, look at me, I'm a socialist and you don't hear from people like us except there's like 5 million podcasts sure. and TV <laughs> shows and shit like that that are that 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 have that representation now but back then it was very fertile soil and i wonder how much people like this are like just running a grift i wonder how much a person like Tulsi Gabbard is running a grift it turned out that like she ended up criticizing Ilhan Omar for some bullshit uh, I'm not even going to repeat what the whole thing was about, but I'll just put it this way. Project Veritas, which is this like hard right wing propaganda factory, um, yeah. put out a doctored video that uh, put Ilhan Omar in a bad light. And right there, right on time, Tulsi Gabbard was where, was there to not, fact, not check facts, not wait to see what's coming in, but immediately dogpile on Ilhan Omar within like a matter of hours. It came mm-hmm. out that the video was doctored. It came out that um, the whole premise that it was done under was incorrect and that Omar, you know, didn't do the offending thing. And uh, rather than eat shit, which is what she should have done, Tulsi Gabbard doubled down and went back mm-hmm. at her. And um, I think what I think she, she whatever that little 0.1% of people that were supporting her during the primaries whatever number that figure was got cut even further in in half. So definitely my, my problem, my problem with her is when she started sharing uh, shut down Netflix because of cuties uh, links. Yeah. That's that's when I was like, what the fuck is this? Weird, weird (laughs) positions, weird, um, weird foreign alignments. Like the, the fact that she's so close, I understand that, you know, that she's, that she's uh, of Indian descent, but like, um, like that she's so close to the Modi government in India, which I mean, that's a whole episode. I don't want to go down, you know, the, that fucking Mary Primrose path of like, what's wrong with the, the Hindutva uh, party in, in, um, in India and how the terrible things that they do. There's, you talk for like three hours about that shit. Um, I don't even remember how we kind of got to, to Tulsi. But yeah, I'm not I don't sure. Know. My, I remember. My thing was, I want a name for these people that as it's going to become, even if Biden loses, it's going to become more obvious what they are, what their game was. And it's this guy, Nico, here in Miami, Tim Kenova, um, uh, again, Tulsi, um, uh, Michael Tracy, some of these guys that are like, like 
presenting themselves as like, oh, I'm on the left. No, the real the real left is me. And I know that because, or, you know, you can tell because I even think Bernie Sanders is a sellout. And I think that Ilhan Omar should be criticized roundly. And uh, for, you know, bad faith arguments brought by far right um far-right media outlets and propaganda factories that i just so happen to be friends with don't ask any questions about that i know it's weird don't don't ask but like i think a lot of that shit is going to come out and when that comes out i can think of those five people that i just named off the top of my head there's probably going to be more of them and i'm wondering like what do we call those people like i think that they need to be called out of their name a little bit and i don't know it's 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 just been annoying me thinking about that a little. Yeah, no, that that's that is fucking fake progressive. They're like, they're like seems yeah, like they're weak. like opportunists, basically. Opportunists, yeah, they're just opportunists. Uh, they're just scam ass motherfuckers, yeah. biting biting shock ass motherfuckers. <laughs> um, no, the other funny thing is, do you guys have this out here? The other thing, I I mean, like this is the last time I'm going to get to talk about this before the election's over, probably. Uh. I'm going to tell you why I think this is so funny. Out here on Bird Road, going from US-1 all the way down to the Turnpike, you will pass not one, not two, not three, not four, but five on the weekends. Five uh, impromptu, ad hoc, thrown together uh, tents, that are like in the parking lot of a business that's closed on the weekend, like a doctor's office or like a dentist's office or some shit like that. And um, they're Trump merchandise tables, right? <laughs> like you pull in and you can buy Trump t-shirts, MAGA uh, or CAG or whatever, paraphernalia. You can buy um, cup holder. Like it's a, a full shopping experience, but like flea market style. Okay. Right. And there's right. five of them. And I'm sure they're all over Miami. They're all over everywhere. I wonder, do you guys have that stuff or no? I have not seen that, but I think I saw a picture of like a kiosk at one of the malls. Yeah. But, but yeah, oh, wow. I haven't seen that. That's though, a very official lot, setting. So. These, what I'm yeah. talking about is a way more like informal thing, like a slapdash okay. made to be broken down at the end of the day and thrown on the back of a truck and, and, and that's crazy. Away, you know? Yeah, no. And okay. But why is that funny? To me, a few reasons. Um, number one, the merchandising of a candidate. Think about Bernie, right? Who we both supported. Bernie merchandise is made in a way where you don't buy a Bernie shirt as like a fashion thing. You buy it because you're supporting the cause. Right. Even more like centrist, liberal, corporate Democrat shit like Joe Biden I don't know, bumper stickers. If you see a Joe Biden bumper sticker, somebody contributed three bucks or 20 bucks or something and they got it in the mail or something. Or they mm-hmm. maybe they did, they went to like, you know, their local independent book reseller and there was like a a, a, a Biden team there. Or maybe a team was, a street team was handing them out. But there was a um, tacit and more often than not actual connection to the campaign of like, mm-hmm. okay, this is for you to show your support for the campaign. Um, you know, here you can have it for free or give us a $10 donation and you can have it. And the donation, I mean, we can get into the particulars of like how, you know, uh, how properly donations and, you know, FEC stuff is is managed and, you know, how it all really just ends up in the hands of consultants and shit like that. But it goes to the campaign. Like sure. you can criticize the end results. Sure. That's fine. The Trump thing are so clearly just an exercise of free enterprise and completely yeah, they're they're basically like outside of a concert when you buy yeah. it when the, the guys are in the parking lot selling shirts that like are not the official with tour merch. misspelled yeah exactly it's like metallica it's the same thing <laughs> yeah it's the exact same metallica thing. um yeah. so it's it's like that it's bootlegged it's um it's uh, i'm 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 relatively sure that if it is connected to anything that is officially Trump, it's connected to the Trump private enterprise through maybe some sort of licensing deals or royalties or some shit like that. But what's mm. different about it and what I think is so cynical and so hilariously dark is that for the first time that I can remember, 
It's a political campaign or a political movement or a political candidate being just purely merchandised. I don't even remember this happening with Obama very much. Even those Shepard Fairey shirts were shirts that were like, you bought them for 20 bucks and it went to the party or it went to the fucking, it went to whatever right. bullshit um, firm or uh, uh, agency that they had hired or whatever. It was still getting pumped back into the campaign. And again, we can argue about, and I wouldn't argue with you if you were like, oh, well, that's all just bullshit money going into, that's that's feeding the gaping maw of these political consultants and all of their little design agencies and shit. Sure. Good point. It still is in the realm. It's still part again, tacitly of this, of this, of this, I don't know, this campaign or, or existence of, of a campaign, this Trump shit. It's just, we used the word earlier in the episode. It's just grifters grifting. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. like literally dudes throwing shit on the back of their truck and being like, yo, let's make like 500 bucks today real quick. It's just yeah. the, and I mean, do the guys that run those things probably support Trump? Yeah, they probably do. They're like Cubans that live in Westchester. They probably support Donald Trump. Like I would not be fucking shocked. It's not, it's not weird at all. Right. Maybe they don't. They don't have to, to do they what they're doing. They don't have to. It's yeah. this. And the reason Dave, that I find this so funny is that that if, if you were to take and look at the everything about Trump, MAGA, his whole world, and we're talking a lot about Donald Trump because who knows, maybe this time next week or in 10 days from now, there won't be anything to talk about anymore. Who knows? Right. And let, so let's get all the Trump talk out of the way. When you look at that bottom layer, the sub, you know, the, the, the proletariat, like lowest portion of Trump world, people out on the street corners selling his merchandise and you look all the way up to field operations people and people that work in the executive functions and then people that are in his cabinet and people and then him and his family there's a common thread uh that didn't exist it existed but not in the same way of just naked opportunism where everybody mm -hmm. is like every single person surrounding Trump is planning their next individual move, right? Yeah. They're, they're, everything is <clears throat> a personalized brand building exercise. Brands, Sean Spicer, yep. <laughs> right? Was trying to get on, like he ended up being like a little media whore and getting on. And that happens, that's happened in the past too. But with Trump and the people that surround him, it's such naked, and we were talking about it before, petty ambition. It's like mm -hmm. small, like, like, I would not be surprised if a bunch of these guys end up like starting um, podcasts where they sell, you know, uh, nutritional pills or supplements. Sure. Yeah, and, yeah. Like it's that kind of thing. Or like some one of them is going to like, like, uh, like, I don't know who's, who, I don't even know who the fuck is still in his orbit. Like a guy like Jared Kushner is going to sell like, I don't know, uh, fucking like knee braces or something. Like it's going to be. So everybody has their own little scam going. Everybody has their sure. own little, you know, Katrina Pearson is going to like, I don't know. She's going to have uh, uh, like her own, her own, what do you call it? Uh, what are the, the fucking fragrances and shit like that, 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 that you sell on Facebook or whatever. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Like everybody's got their own multi-level marketing scheme going. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's perfect. Like all the way up to him. He's yeah. got, he, you know, everybody, it's a foregone conclusion. Everybody believes that he's going to start up his own media network and his own, which is what he wanted to do. That was the purpose of the totally. initial run for president. That's the reason that he wanted to run for president was to 100%. get enough attention to start up his own media network and to be on it all the time and for it to mirror him and for it to rival Fox News and to be eventually bigger and better than Fox News and to, um, to, to, center his name and his brand right and he fucked up and accidentally won and mm -hmm. so he has had to not do that he hasn't been able to do that he will do that i think and that's what his grift always was right he's gonna right. you know because that's another way think about that you start a channel you sell all your own garbage on there your shitty steaks and you, you know when you think about stuff. it that's gonna be so fucking successful it, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's insane the built-in audience that he's got when he starts that thing up 
I mean, yeah. it's gonna, it's really gonna blow minds. Like, I feel like I'm talking like him right now. Like, people have never seen it before, you know? No, like, no, no. <laughs> like, but yeah, it's that's, it really it's is true. gonna be that big. It's gonna be insane. It's gonna be, and it's such a like played out um, to this point. I mean, like people have been making this this joke for five years, but and it's so played out, but. It's going to look like what Fox News looked like on Idiocracy, where it's like a professional wrestler with no shirt on and like a supermodel in in a low cut bikini giving the news. Like it's going to just be that. Everyone will fucking love it. Yeah. And and it's going to do so fucking well. It's going to do great. So that all that said. I've talked plenty now. Now you you give us your analysis, Dave. What's going to happen in the next 10 days? (laughs) Uh, I, I, I wish that's I knew. all the time we got folks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, though. like take us out I, on something hot. I, we should bring back I, love hate. We should bring back love. Hey, it is about time to do one of those. Let, let's, let's plan that for next time. We're actually going to be, uh, out of town for, uh, the, uh, for the election. Why? We're going to be hi- hiking in Sedona for Gina's birthday. Yeah, we're 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 gonna get get away. Uh, Of course, that that is gonna be a very red place, but um, we'll be in the middle of nowhere, though. No, nobody's Sedona. No, you're crazy. Sedona. Well, I mean, I mean the the overall state, though. You know. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure Sedona's filled with plenty of. uh... Yeah, rich liberals from California. Mm -hmm. But anyway, what were you about to? um... Oh no, just that I uh, I got my vote in, so I'm done, and uh, you know we'll see what happens. So. Good stuff, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, That's what I'm here right. for. Wait, was there anything else we wanted to talk about? I forget. Subjects for tonight. I mean, we talked about talking about Borat, but we don't, you know. We good. What's up with Borat? Did you watch it or no? You didn't watch it. I watched it. Yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was pretty great. I mean, better it was... the same or not as good as the first one. Oh, definitely not as good. Uh, but I mean, that's not entirely its fault because I mean, it, it just it can't be because he can't have that surprise, you know, surprising people and everybody knows, you know, what he is, what he does, and it's just it's impossible for it to still be as fresh, you know. And then of course, without the, I mean, I don't know if you remember being in the theater watching that, but I mean, it was the it was the greatest experience ever. Pretty much watching that in the theater, everybody just screaming and losing their minds. You know, like I will say, twelve years later, the world is so different. I don't know if it and that movie was so um, sort of. And it was it was twelve years ago too, but things are different now. It's so obliquely partisan Mm -hmm. that I don't know if if you go to the theater, does everybody laugh? Are there people sitting uncomfortably in the theater that aren't laughing? You know. Yeah, and, all the people who lo- who love the first one because oh, look at the stupid foreigner! Like yeah. <laughs> you know, those people are going to still show up, and they're all going to be pretty unhappy with uh, the fact that and th- that's another kind of problem is how this one just had so much of an agenda. Which of course yeah. I'm on board with that, but at the same time, it, it does lay it on kind of thick. You it know? laid it on thick. I thought the execution was good. I thought the setup of of like establishing that his his country celebrates the 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 holocaust yeah and then finding out that the holocaust through you know through facebook through the uh (laughs) through facebook that it never happened and then the jewish woman telling him it did happen and him like he's so happy was, was one of the funniest and most like kind of like well directed Mm-hmm. pieces of i don't know what you call this is it documentary whatever it is it's yeah yeah it's it's it, you know farce documentary farce or whatever it was brilliant and then yeah. just the capstone of that little interview where she was like we can live at peace and he goes okay one step at a time and- <laughs> <laughs> everything with the daughter was great um i mean she she was There's like a big trend now for all these like comedies to end up like, you know, passing the torch to the daughter is like the big thing. This one does it the best of any of these movies that have tried to do that. You know, it's also going to be a girl Iron Man movie in the next five years. And there's going to be a girl Thor movie and there's going to be a girl this and girl that. But that's probably the best. Yeah, it is hilarious. That girl. Oh, she's so good. And uh, it's also the best 
decade later sequel to a comedy i think maybe ever like it's it's better than like the wet hot american summer series it's better than uh anchorman 2 you know like anything like that i think it's probably the best job of recapturing oh god yeah (laughs) did you even see that no i never saw that i didn't see anchorman 2 either anchorman 2 has got its moments it's uh it's it's ridiculous but um yeah i thought it was great uh, I, I thought the Giuliani stuff was, uh, I thought it was good. I I loved the fact that, like, again, you, you mentioned how how Sasha Baron Cohen is, has an agenda and is liberal yeah. and is, you know, obviously against Trump and, that, and against uh, America's perverse form of conservatism. And that comes out in the movie, like, pretty clearly. Like, and that's fine. Whatever. So are we. And, um... I thought that what he did in the run up to the movie of releasing those stills from the movie and mm-hmm. just letting them be out there and not commenting on them. And, yeah. And like such a great typical GOP move, such a great Republican move to do something like that. Mm. And like, and something that Democrats, like formal Democratic, like, I don't know who's somebody who would be in a position in the democratic side of things to do something like that. Like a guy like uh, John, John Stewart would mm. never do that. Right. right. He would never think or like a Stephen Colbert, if he had produced something that resulted in that, I'm trying to think of who else on the, like who, who else broadly on the democratic, like, but like these scumbags on the right, like the real pieces of shit on the right would not only would they release that with like no comment and just put the images out there for people to make their own judgments on, they would add their own comments. They would be like, they would, you know, sensationalize it and, um, and play that's it actually, up more. that's a good point. Yeah. And, uh, Bora has been pretty great on Twitter, uh, this past week or two. Oh, I haven't <laughs> seen just, it. I haven't oh, he's just leaning it. right into it and just like, just hammering it in just one, you know, one time after another. It's great. It's been really funny. <laughs> I will say the one thing that kind of, I guess this is also a trite thing to say too, because I feel like a, I feel like a fifty-year-old like you know, fifty-year-old uh, like a uh, fucking Clinton era liberal or something like that, but mm-hmm. uh, like a, a, a super Gen X liberal. But like the difference between the two movies being that in the one twelve years ago. Though there was like this like glimmer of sort of shame and an abashedness, ba- bashfulness, I should say, um, behind the worst moments where the uh, when when the conservative people, the middle American people that he would encounter in the first Borat, when he would bait them into being their worst selves by like celebrating that by like mm-hmm. being like yeah you know and and, and kind of bait them out. They they would I don't know how to say it but they would kind of do it it was like a it was a half step it, the 2008 conservative wasn't the animal that it is today where there was no half stepping in this movie these people were mm-hmm. absolutely every single person he interviewed tricked even people who you could tell in their face they felt like a little bit of caution like what is this guy doing they were unabashed in their opinions and they were sure. unabashed like you know saying no you need to have an incest baby and just like oh god that's god's plan and and that is a change that's a change in the last 12 years it's people like the new york times right very uh repeatedly have said warned against the concept of um the trump era emboldening the worst parts of america and like i don't think i ever actually saw it crystallized better than borat 2 where you compare it to the Borat from 12 years ago, and you're, yeah, these people are emboldened. They're yeah. fine with things that they felt a little shame about or felt a little bit of social apprehension about voicing. About, like, I mean, he was saying really, like, he was getting people to agree with, like, some really hardcore, you know, slurs and calls to violence against, against sure. foreign people, against marginalized people, against Democrats, against. Uh, you know, like he was doing some really fascist shit and people were a hundred percent on board. And I don't think he could have gotten away with that in the one 12 years ago because the polite society of conservatism back then knew how to rein it back or how to recognize something that was vulgar. And yeah. even if they agreed with the tone of it or not the tone, even if they agreed with the, with the core of it, 
they would find the tone to be vulgar and have and look at it with reproach. And that didn't happen in this one. Right. And like you make this point a lot that America has changed. Yeah, it's people gotten worse. Have gotten worse. <laughs> They've gotten so much fucking worse. Yeah, I mean, I that's the thing that I always say is that like you know even even whatever happens in ten days, you know, if Trump is gone, I mean, we still have to deal with these people. These people are still going to be <clears throat> that way. And they're uh, still there. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty scary going forward. Did you read what he said about the um, about the guys that he quarantined with? <laughs> that, that that's an interesting thing. I know you had you had talked about before this about like saying what was real and what wasn't. In yeah, this. I cheated and, and a little. I cheated. You the did. Idea was I, that we I were didn't. Gonna, like, I didn't read anything. And, and that I just what was real and what wasn't. And I just read an article where it kind of oh, really. Yeah, I, I didn't see anything, but I, that just seemed like I don't see how that's even possible <laughs> that he, he was, was able the, to hang out he, with Okay, them. so the article I read, it was an interview with him. He said it was the the most difficult performance he's ever done. It was for five days, every moment in the Borat character. Really? Every moment from going to sleep at night to waking up for five straight days. And I think he kind of said something along the lines of like, by the time they, the, the, like, they, and then like they took, like it took longer, more days for them to go to that rally in DC. And he was like around then, uh, he, like the guys were kind of in on it a little bit. Like they kind of had him figured out, but he doesn't really know um, because they, they were good sports about it. But his point was, he was like, I think that they, that they, that they could tell the reason that they didn't like take offense to what I was doing even if they were able to figure it out or whatever, is that they could tell that um, I wasn't trying to make fun of them. I was trying to show, like he was like, I, I was trying to make fun of them in the same way that I make fun of everybody, but I was trying to show that that these people aren't the aren't bad. They're just people who've been fed a diet of bullshit for their right, whole lives. Right. And I was just trying to show that process of them being fed that diet of bullshit and what it results in. And he was like, he was like, these are good people. And he said that about those two guys. He was like, they're good people. They let yeah. me stay with them for five days, and they didn't know me. And um, you know, that's. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I thought it was a good, a good take from his perspective. At least. That is really interesting, and it's really surprising that that he stayed with them for five days. That's completely insane. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of raises the uh, the movie's rating a little bit for me. Can you imagine just like? Like you get annoyed when I stay with you for five days, and I'm your best <laughs> no, friend. No, no. You don't have that outfit going on. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm like I'm the opposite. When I stay with you for five days, I'm actually it's the only five days when I'm fully realizing myself and being yes. myself, yeah. as opposed to every other day of my life where I wear the mask. Mm. That's of true. A responsible family man <laughs> who isn't thinking about, um, you know, digging graves late at night, <laughs> dumping bones. This is getting very dark. <laughs> Gotta get rid of these bones. All of these bones is too many. I kept all these bones in my crawl space. <laughs> it's Halloween next week. Happy Halloween. <laughs> <laughs>